Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. I want to welcome Kim Barton back to Discovered Wordsmiths. Kim, it's been a while since we've talked, whether on the podcast or in a group or something. So how have you been? I've been good. It has been a long time. I think I think it was actually before the pandemic. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So we, it's been a hundred years. Yeah. yeah. We've sent messages back and forth in Jay's group a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Refresh everybody. Last we talked, it's been a while. Tell us about what books you were working on and how those have gone since we talked to you. Yeah. I've done a lot since we talked last. I had just released my first book. And then in 2021, I released the second two books in that trilogy. So that trilogy is all done and out. And then in this past April of 2022, I released my fourth book, which is the first book in a two book little series. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So you've gotten quite a few out. You haven't been resting. <laughs> That's no, good. no. Yeah. I had the first three, the trilogy was done. It was all written when I released the first book. So I was able to, I had stockpiled them and then released okay. them pretty quickly. So how is that series doing? What's the feedback? What are you doing to keep it alive in marketing? That What are you doing with that whole series, considering you're working on other stuff now too? Yeah. The series is called the Norse Family Saga series. And it's actually going really well. I've gotten some nice feedback for it. And it's a lot of people say about indie publishing, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's not tearing out of the gate, but I'm slowly but surely building up an audience and getting some sales and reviews. And yeah, I've gotten some nice reviews, some nice feedback about it. So that's gone really well. Yeah, mostly what we're focusing on is I say we because my partner, my my husband is also my business partner, so he helps me with a lot of that kind of stuff. Is we do those those email promotions like Fussy Librarian, e reader news. You know, we put out those to find some readers that way. Okay. So you released the three books a little bit apart, not years or anything. Did you find that the sales of book one kept jumping, growing as you release books two and three? You know, I'm not really sure because I think I only waited about three months in between each book. Okay. And so it was, and since I was an unknown writer anyway, <laughs> I think those, those nine months or whatever, I didn't really see it, but I do see an uptick every time I release, every time we do one of those promotions, it does better. And when I released the book in April, I did see like some of it some must be people going back and reading the original trilogy. Okay. So the new book, you, they're feeding each other a bit, it sounds like, which is what I always hear happens. Yeah, they're connected because 
the book I published in April, which is called Raven Marked, it is about a secondary character in my original trilogy. And I just really liked this character and I wanted to know more about him. And so I wrote a short story and then that short story became more than that. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, they're connected, but there's not, one's not a prequel or comes after, they're just they're just connected by that world and by that family. Okay. And when you were working on the original trilogy, did you have plans to do this secondary character or did that just come about as you were writing the first trilogy? He just popped up in the middle of the second book in the trilogy. I forget who it was who called them mushroom characters because <laughs> <laughs> they just pop up <laughs> and you're nice. not expecting them. And yeah, no, just in the middle of that, my second book, he... He just walked into the feast hall. It's a Viking story. So he just walked in and I went from there. Nice. So are there plans for a whole trilogy on this, did you say? I have two books okay. for his series. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, the second book will be coming out in, mm, I'm not sure exactly when, maybe around November. Okay. And you said you're doing things like free booksy and promotions like that. And they're going well. Are you doing anything else marketing-wise? Any other ideas that you're working on? No. <laughs> I'm trying to build up my newsletter. I'm sure that's something you hear from everybody. It's like, I'm working on work, building up my newsletter. So I've been working on that, doing some promotions. I think I have a promotion coming up next week, I think it is. Yeah. You- I put things at the, I put a call to action at the end of my books to join the newsletter. And, and it's on all my social media. I'm not on social media that much. But I do have that like on all my pages. If you want to know more and get a free story, join my newsletter. Nice. Do you and I lost train of my thought. <laughs> do you see that more people signing up with each of the promotions? Do they stay on? And do you think that the newsletter is helping discover for them to discover all your books and get the whole series? I think so. Yeah. Every time I do a promotion, either either one that's trying to like deliberately trying to build my e- newsletter list or one that's one of those email promotions to buy the book, I do get new subscribers. And of course, like anything, people leave for whatever reason and that's okay. But yeah, it does help. Okay. So you've got this side character you're working on and it, the Norse setting is, are you a stay in that? universe or are you going to do something else after that? I wrote, I'm just now finishing a novella that kind of takes place in that world. It's basically the same world, only this one is fantasy. This one is about, so one of my characters, he, his father told him stories about how they were descended from the the elves. And I just decided to kind of run with that little story just for fun and tell the point of view from the female elf who saved this member of his family. And it just turned into just a little fun novella. Other than that, I started also, so outside, that's inside that world, outside of that world, I started working on a historical fantasy with stories as part of the main characters and then some of the other gods and other supernatural beings from Norse mythology. It's still going to be Norse mythology, Vikings, that kind of stuff. This one will just be completely fantasy. Okay. All right. So you got a lot going on. You've been yeah. busy with all that. Yeah. <laughs> do you think 
But now that the whole COVID pandemic seems to be lightening a little bit, for the most part, we're getting still back and forth a bit. Do you think that's helping your writing? And do you think it's helping your sales of the book? Or do you think that COVID actually made things easier? Uh, In terms of writing, I like a lot of people, I really struggled in 2020 for a lot of different reasons. Not just, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, we're writers. We stay at home anyway. We write from home. We're used to it. And I'm pretty introverted, but it's not the same. I was out of work for a little while and those kinds of things. 2020 was a pretty, 2021, I was pretty productive. I got a lot of writing done. The second book and the one that's supposed to come out in like November or so, I did NaNoWriMo for that because I needed something to I think that was in 2020, NaNoWriMo of 2020. I was like, I need to do something that's just going to jumpstart my writing. And that book came out of that. I mean, you know what? Writing's just, it's not a steady progress. It's, there's lots of peaks and valleys. Sometimes I'll just be writing like crazy and things are going easily. And then sometimes I feel like I'm walking through a swamp and my feet just keep getting stuck in every step. It's hard and slow and just a drag. <laughs> it's never just all one thing. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're, I bet King and Patterson, they might have a little different viewpoint, but when you've written dozens of books and every one of them is an instant seller to millions, it's a totally different perspective than trying to have a life and family and get some writing done. Yeah, definitely. So it, the NaNoWriMo you did, is that the only one you've done? No, I think I've done it mm, four times. The okay. first couple, I didn't have any kind of a plan. I didn't know what I was doing. And so those didn't go well. I ended up just, I got so far behind in my daily word count that I just quit after about, I don't know, maybe 10 days. But I did, I won one other time. Like I think it was 2018 or so. and. So I'd done that. And then, so I was more prepared for this one. I had an idea of what I was going to do and I was ready to sit down and crank out those 1600 words every day. And so it worked well. And that's, I've heard that a lot. The most successful people with NaNoWriMo, because I've not actually done it, are the ones that plan, prepare, outline, have things together, and then they do all the writing pretty much. Uh, and just worry about that. The story's ready to go. It's the most successful from what I've heard. Have you thought about doing it again now that you got some other thoughts and new series and all that? I might. Every year's different. Every year I think about it. It's always in the, the writing consciousness or come around September or so people start talking about it and thinking about it. And last year I decided not to do it for various reasons. And it's always an option for me because when I can get on that roll, it's really fun and it's nice to get. And I had, I think I've got 55,000 words done that, that particular NaNoWriMo that last time I did it. And that's a nice feeling. So yeah. it's always I, an option. I, I think the best part of NaNoWriMo, and this is outside observation, is it helps motivate, helps push you a little bit. You have a goal, it's a short term, you want to hit it. And I think for some people, I'm not saying everybody, but I think some people that's a good way to get started. Okay, for one month, I'm going to really focus on this. I've got a goal of doing this. And it's the same thing 
I talk to parents and teachers about you got to get the kids some level of confidence and excitement about what they're doing. If they feel they're not going to write well and they're worried about that, then they're not going to write. But if they just get it done, they're like, wow, that was easy and better than I thought. That encouragement of in their own self helps push more than anything most parents and teachers could probably do. Yeah, that's true. There is something to be said for just finishing something, even if it's not that great. I know a lot of writers, we tend to do that. I just heard something recently, and I think maybe it was, I forget who it was. It's something about the 80-20. Like once you're 80% done with your manuscript, the next 20%, you're probably just going to mess it up or it's time to send it on to someone else. (laughs) And I can feel that because you just, those last, that last 20%, you can just fuss with it and fiddle with it and just keep messing with it and going back and over and over until you just, either you drive yourself crazy or you change too much of it or you lose what was special or something like that. Absolutely. I found that with my own stuff. I know if I just write and get through it, I can go back to edit and worry about story more then. But I also have seen personally over the last couple of years, the, the growth in what I've learned. The second book in my fantasy series that I'm getting ready to release, I was like, okay, it's mostly done. I need to go expand a little bit and blah, blah, blah. And then the one day I was just thinking about it, I'm like, oh, wait, this is even better. Oh, wait, this is... And it wasn't worried about the sentences. It wasn't worried about the grammar. It was the overall story and making it much more epic. It was like, oh, this is so much more exciting to read. And then I'm like, okay, I just have to rewrite the whole thing. That's not a problem. But uh, (laughs) it was not so much futzing with it here and there and here and there. It was a total, this is not the story. This is what the story needs to be. And I think you have to reach a certain level to appreciate that with yourself and understand that. Yeah. Yeah. There's that whole thing about a work of art is never finished, simply abandoned. That's one of my favorite. I have to remember that. It's like at a certain point, you just have to let that thing go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I was thinking about the second book and, oh, this will be great. And I'll rewrite this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, is there some better stuff I should do with the first book? I'm like, no, don't do that. Stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keep rewriting that forever. Yeah. I've done that before. And I think, Oh, wait, those books are already published and out. I am, there's, I'm not messing with them anymore unless there's like something like some really bad error or something I had done. I might fix it, but if I have to just put that in my head, like those are gone, they're gone. They're like, they're my little people who are out in the world. (laughs) And I'm not going to go bad. Yeah. You're a librarian, correct? I'm not technically a librarian. I work in a library. Okay. All right. my actual title is I'm a library program instructor. So I do like different things at the library, like homework help and reading help and those kinds of things. Okay. Okay. So now that the pandemic's lifting, do you see people coming back to the library? Do you see like people that were getting books during the pandemic remembered, Hey, I like the library. I like visiting that. Do you see more people coming to the library like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had people, we only closed for, I think, for the first three months of the pandemic. And then we opened like where we, people could come to the door to like, if they needed to make copies or if they wanted to pick up their 
they wanted to reserve books and then pick them up and we'd take them out to their car for them and stuff like that. So we were, we've been open for a long time, just minimally for a long time. But then, yeah. Oh, people came back into the library. Just, oh, I'm so happy you're here. We're so, we missed the library. People came in with their kids and to get them library cards. And yeah, we had a, and we have a really neighborhood focused branch where I work. And so a lot of the community was really happy when we were open because we also, I also work in a place that has a lot of underserved people. So a lot of people use our internet. They use our computers, our copy machine, our fax machine, those kinds of things too. And, and honestly, uh, now a lot of people come into the library to get out of the heat. Yeah. I've heard that there's some places like saying, hey, we've got 37 libraries around the city. Go visit. Get out of the heat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we realized, I think the community realized when we were shut down for a while and then we were just open minimally now, how essential the public library really is in the community. Thank Ben Franklin for his forward thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're a part of Jay's community. Since we've talked last, besides Jay's community, are there any other new communities or groups or events you've been to or any classes you've discovered or anything like that would be something to pass on to others? I did for a few months. I did, I don't know if you've, another past Story Grid certified editor, Ann Hawley and Rachel Ramirez. I know they used to do like the editor roundtable podcast and they are um, in, in, they work with Sue Campbell. She's a marketing person. And they have a group called Happily Ever Author, which I think is a really catchy thing. And it's a paid membership group. And I was in there for a while and I learned a ton. They have this holistic three-prong approach to it with marketing and writing your story and your mindset. And it was a really great, it was a really great um, community. Okay. We'll put a link to that for others. That may be listening, looking for something. That'd be great. All right, Kim, it sounds like things are going well for you. I think that's great. Do you have any, for readers or writers, any words of wisdom, words of advice you'd like to pass on? Oh, my. Yeah. I would just, when I was talking about the peaks and valleys a little bit ago, I would say to just remember that it's, sometimes it can be hard. And that having a community of other writers will save you (laughs) and will help you. I don't care if they're online, if they're in your community, if you see them in person or both. I've in our, um, the author life community group that you and I belong to, I've made a couple of close friends and now we talk outside of the group and it's just, it's, it just helps inspire me. It just helps me when things aren't going easily. It's just so nice to have some people who are there in your family. It can often be, I don't know, not everybody has a supportive family, but even if you have a supportive family, that's unless they know what it's like to try to write, <laughs> they don't quite know what it's like right, to write, right. especially uh, something as long as a novel or a series. So it's, yeah, build a community. So I'm going to back up a second. Have you read anything in lately that you would love to recommend? Any good books? 
This is so weird because reading, I'm struggling to read lately. It's like I pick up a book and I go, Ugh, I don't know what's happening to me. But I did on a recommendation, I listened to the audiobook of Madeline Miller's The Song of Achilles. And I loved it. And I loved the narrator too. He did a fantastic job. So I guess that was the most recent book that I just wanted to like, I'd have to stop myself from listening to it because I needed to go to work or whatever. Yeah, that was the last Okay. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've been not struggling so much to read, but struggling to find something that I'm enjoying. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's that now that I've, delved deeply into story structure and sentences and grammar and all that, it gets hard to read something without your brain editing and analyzing, or I don't know if that's it, or I just have so many things going on that I'm always thinking, uh, hey, shouldn't you be doing something else besides reading? <laughs> yeah, but reading is so important. It's like one of the most important things as writers that we can do. I and- know. <laughs> it's not yeah, like I-, I don't have a stack of books to read. Right. Yeah, my my to be read pile gets pretty, or my physical one and the one on my Kindle just gets out of hand. Maybe that's well, part of it. Sometimes it's there's too many choices. Very much so. It could be I go to bookstores or sometimes the flea market yard sale and I pick up books and I have a stack. And every now and then I'll get adventurous and I'll say, okay, this is the order of the books I'm going to read next. So I don't have to think about it. just take top one. Then I got all these books on my Kindle and I get new ones all the time and add it to it. And then you know what I do? I check something out of the library and read that. (laughs) Yeah. What am I doing? (laughs) I know. And I like to support indie authors too. So I buy lots of people's books and then I start to read them. And then like yesterday, I was working at the library and I happened to see this book on the shelf and I grabbed it. I'm like, "Hmm, that looks interesting. So I checked it out. I have a million books in my Kindle that I need to read and I just yeah, that's one of the problems of working in a library. <laughs> I bet, yeah. It's like if you work at the pizza place, you're always eating pizza. If you work at the library, you're always reading, checking out books, or wanting to at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, are you still playing drums? I see them in the background. Not too much. <laughs> no. <laughs> not as much as the reading, even, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not as much as I, I sh- thought to. I understand. My son and I, he's buying an electric set. And nice. so we are converting the living room into a music room, music oh, nice. and media, because we've got our TV and video games in there, but we're setting up the drums. We're going to set, I got a piano in there. We're getting fixed up, put my keyboard up. I got a stand. The guitars are already in there with amps and stuff. We're trying to get back into playing a little bit more. Nice. That's great. Yeah. If my son still lived at home, I might play with him because he plays bass and guitar and all kinds of things, but he's out. I'm an empty nester. Yeah. I'm trying to learn some guitar. I got an acoustic. I'm struggling with it. It's probably the hardest instrument I've tried to learn to play. Um, It is hard. I struggled with the guitar too. I gave it up and I played bass for it. He was teaching me bass for a little while, and I liked that better. It was easier. <laughs> the string, I just love being thing. able to bang on a drum. I just banging on a drum yeah. is just the best. <laughs> yeah, and I miss piano playing. That's why I want to get my piano fixed up. Uh, mm. I used to play piano some, and it's just nice because you can sit down and, and play everything. I'll play a whole song, you know. That's so. true. Cool. All right, Kim. I'm going to let you go. We'll move on with our day. I appreciate you getting back on, catching us up as to what's going on, and I'll probably see you online in the community. All right. Thanks for having me back. 
Thanks. All right. Bye. Hi. If you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website. Go to Amazon. Look them up. Get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for, to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you. 